experienced in these blackouts, blackout, stretches of time you can't account for. Welcome back, everybody, to another Lost Log. This is your captain speaking, Jose Valle Jr., joined by that most trusted co-host, Mason Trader. Hello, Mason. Hello. We are in spooky time, Mason. Yeah, we are. How have you been celebrating? Well, I've just been, I mean, I've just been enjoying getting to wear layers again. Yeah, how's the weather out there? Like, genuinely, is it getting colder? Yes, it's actually perfect right now. It's like (sighs) mid, it's like mid to high 60s. As a high and like fifty at night, it's it's perfect. It's right where I want it's, it to be. This week, it's finally getting back to normal, and we're in like low seventies, high sixties. Uh, yeah. But last week, for whatever reason, it spiked and it was in the nineties, and it was god awful because I was. Yeah. I think I talked about in the last couple episodes that the weather was cooling down, so I was like, "All right, time for layers," and then it just got yeah. hot. And I I was working on a helping on a thesis film, and it was those like four days that we were shooting were fucking atrociously hot. Yeah, but fair uh, enough. Here we are. I've just yeah. been watching <clears throat> as much as horror movies as I can here and there. I just watched. Um, what did I just watch the other night? Uh, oh, an American were- Werewolf in London. I had never seen it. Oh yeah. And um, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I watched The Exorcist again. Oh. I rewatched The Exorcist recently. Nice. Still holds up. I one of my friends on Letterboxd uh, watched it and 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 they ripped into it and I was like, well, now I gotta rewatch it, you know. Hmm. I so, mean, I like it. It's a good. I I don't know. It's good. Well, that friend is also kind of snobby. They have like snobby film views, so. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'll fight him. Whatever. Yeah, you you could take one hundred percent. That's my that's my favorite part about where I sit on the the film snob mm-hmm. scale. Is that I can beat up anybody more pretentious than me, but I can mm. outsmart anybody less pretentious than me. It's a yeah. it's an amazing place that I'm at. Well, that's my favorite thing to jump to is when I can no longer outwit someone. I just go, "What you want to fight about it?" And then they're yeah. like, what? "No," and I'm like, "We can fight about it." And then they yeah. get scared. Yeah, because I'm not because super I, tough, but I'm tougher right. than those guys. You know, so that right because anybody who's I know that anybody who's actually smarter than me, I can kick their ass. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's it's amazing. It's great. Um, but yeah, the the practical effects in American Werewolf in London are fucking insane. That whole yeah. transformation sequence when he falls on the ground and he's like turning into a wolf in the in the living room is yeah. yucky. Yucky. Um, okay, well, Mason, today we're continuing Spooktober. We're going to be taking a look at secret societies. I initially had a list of ten, but I decided to cut it down to five just so we could go a little more in depth. We're still going bird's eye view as always, uh, and there's some very obvious ones that were left out of uh, this list uh, because I want to cover them in depth further on. So like Thule Society didn't make this cut, uh, mm-hmm. the Rosicrucians, uh, those are all an opus day. Those are all that we're going to cover at some point in full extent. So No idea who any of those are. Um, Thule Society was Do like... You don't explain it because okay. we're going to cover it later. You know? Okay. Okay. I just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay. Well... 
is there anything that I need to preface that you would like to say before we jump into our list, Mason? Oh, I just feel like these are all going to be really sad. Like, I just feel like, so, okay, I'll admit, right, so mm-hmm. I can see that the first one we're going to cover is Skull and Bones, and I know that George W. Bush is a member of it, so I feel like a lot of these are going to be, like... He's actually a, mem- just, a member of, like, two on this list. I just feel like Maybe a lot three. of these are going to be filled with people who I'm like, oh, that's awful, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into it. Let's okay. just say, though, that... Right. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yep. So our first one is Skull and Bones. Uh, Skull and Bones is a secret society founded at Yale University in 1832. It was created by William Huntington Russell after visiting an occult society in Germany. So he just went to Germany and went, ooh, that's cool. Which is, re- that's the most me I thing. Mean, is I would go, like, ooh, I want to do that. That's America in general. Mm-hmm. It's just been like taking things from, you know, we... Well, sometimes we take things from Germany. Sometimes we give Germany things. Like we gave them Nazism, mm-hmm. and then we, and then after they they tried Nazism and failed, we took, we took the Nazis and <laughs> yeah. were like, "How about you get us to the moon? Build us a rocket, and then you can just live your life in America yeah. and influence America for the next couple decades." We said, "Jose, are we in any sort of trouble by covering these secret societies? Because it feels like doing a public podcast about a secret society is a bad idea." No, no, because as we'll discover, most of these are just silly when you actually look into them. Again, oh, there's okay. this, there's this belief um, with, and this is, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. This this episode was uh, spurred by um, a friend of the podcast uh, who won our very first merch giveaway. Uh, David Vasquez, he sent me a video, like a TikTok, on like 10 secret societies and said, you guys should do this at some point. And I watched it and I went, ooh, those seem spooky because they're giving you like three sentence descriptions of things, right? Yeah. And for Mm -hmm. a long time, I was super into secret societies as a kid. Uh, Just a lot of like mysterious stuff. And I just, one of the ones that I encountered, which we'll get into uh, uh, later on, was the Illuminati. And upon doing research on secret societies, I discovered that for the most part, they're not. They're just silly. But people have built these yeah. things around them. Uh, and that's exactly what we're going to get into. So so uh, what's his face? Huntington, William Huntington Russell, he, he went to Germany. He went, ooh, I want to do that. And he co-founded it with Alfonso Taft, who was... Uh, who would go on to be the Secretary of War under President Grant and also the father of future President William H. Taft, the man who got stuck in a bathtub and who would also yeah. be a member of Skull and Bones himself. Also, uh, also, I will say to this guy's credit, Skull and Bones, great name. It's pretty sick. Uh, this it's is like name. one of the ones that I would want to join just because of all the things I've heard of, about, all the, like the symbolism and stuff. I'm like, ooh, kind of cool. Um, also, William Taft is the only president to go from being president to Supreme Court Justice. Oh, wow. Yeah, after he was president, he was like a Supreme Court Justice. So the member list has included many prominent members, from presidents to elite CEOs and members of the intelligence community. The initiation process begins when every year 15 seniors at Yale are chosen to be a part of Skull and Bones after their names are published in Yale Rumpus, which is a student-run magazine. But what actually happens behind the closed doors of the tomb, which is the windowless building where the members meet twice a week, is unknown. Members are sworn to secrecy, and the members who have passed initiation are called patriarchs, while those still undergoing initiation are referred to as knights. Anyone outside the group is referred to as barbarians. 
Fuck these nerds. Jose. I'm, I'd rather be a barbarian than a fucking patriarch. Fuck, I just realized how stupid this is, and I'm so mad at these fucking nerds now. Oh my god. Do you know how bad I want to now just go to Yale and swirly all these motherfuckers? I could beat anybody in this group up. That's a challenge. See, I don't know, though, because... Physical, though. Because they've gotten strong. They have gotten strong. And also, they used. I'm pretty sure they, they used to, back in the day, like recruit a lot of athletes. I don't know if they do that anymore. Now it seems like it's mainly a rich boys club. Yeah, but rich boys can afford to do nothing but just go to the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. I'm sick of these fucking neo-Nazis with six-packs. Yeah. You know? I don't mean to be a soy boy cuck about <laughs> it, but it's, 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 it is a bummer when, like, I was, you know, I'll fuck it, I'll beat a Nazi's ass. I, you know what I mean? This is a lost <laughs> logs. So let me... Oh. I can go into this yeah. a little bit. Is I don't lose fights, okay? Okay. And I get that this is a this is a thing because I'm I'm a soft boy and I am. Mm-hmm. But I won't lose a fight. We'll both lose a fight. Yeah. You, you know seem what I mean? Very scrappy, Mason. I am very scrappy, and I will rip your testicles off with mm. zero. Was you know what I mean? I don't you care. Remind me of an old timey boxer. Have I ever told you that before? Mm. No. See, that's actually that surprises me. You know, I don't feel like I've got that. I feel like maybe I just I'll do whatever it takes, and I have zero because because all of these guys are like, "Fucking fist fight," and it's like, "Nope, uh, uh-uh. uh, nope." Mm-hmm. I'm ripping your hair out. I'm gouging out your eyes. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm, fighting. I'm not. I'm fighting dirty. Yeah. If we're in a fight. I'm breaking wanna, your knee. That's wanna... my first move. Is to bust your fucking leg. See, that's that's too manly for me. I'm not going. Like for you're your standing knee. like this, and I'm going. Just... No, see, I'm not doing that. Testicles and eyes. Mm. First, knees. You'd be surprised how hard it is to buckle a knee backwards. Okay, not it's for difficult. me. Difficult. Testicles and eyes, though. I'm fucking. I'm fucking it up. Yeah. Okay. I just just a warning out there to, to any of these Christ. fucking Ben Shapiro neo-Nazi chuds that want to come at me. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking ripping your testicles off. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, also, this before I forget. Um, Somebody on on TikTok <laughs> commented on our Ervil LeBaron uh, uh, clips, and uh-huh. they just said, "Evil LeBron," and that has made me laugh <laughs> so hard since I saw it. Uh, Evil it LeBron. Hurt, does it ever hurt your feelings when um, people who listen to our podcast just come on and do better than us? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. does. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were a lot of comments that that said Evil LeBron or wait, what did LeBron do? I'm confused. And I was like, that's really good. <laughs> or like one, so one of them said something like, damn, I didn't like LeBron, but I know he was evil. And I was like, ah, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you remember that one time I got really heated at that YouTube comment that was like five fucking five minute commercial before the fucking actual episode starts. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. We have fucking time codes, you fucking yeah. bastard. I, I don't, I shouldn't encourage this as your co-host, but just anybody who's listening knows, Jose is so, I don't interact with our, with social medias in the slightest. Jose, very much, he will, he reads your comments, <laughs> and it affects him. Yep. <laughs> he has feelings. <laughs> well, anyway, some of the f- most famous members of Skull and Bones were President H.W. Bush and his son, Boo. George W. Bush. Double uh, the controversial 1986 expose America's Secret Establishment 
by Anthony Sutton claimed that Skull and Bones was out to create a new world order um, run by Bonesmen, prompting a myriad of conspiracy. That's what they call themselves, Bonesmen. God, that's cool. That fucking pisses me off how cool that is. I want to be a Bonesman. Prompting a myriad of conspiracy theories to form. The symbol of Skull and Bones is, appropriately, a skull with two crossbones. What's less clear is the meaning of the number 322 beneath them. Some speculate that it's a reference to the death of Alexander the Great in 322 BC, but this is incorrect as he actually died in 323 uh, BC, and that's directed specifically at the history uh, article that I read on their website that said that. They should have done a fucking quick Google search to know that that wasn't the case. Uh, So it is therefore most likely a reference to the death of Greek order Desmothenes in 322 um because they like love this guy and they for instance documents in the tomb have reportedly been found that are dated anno desmothini which is like year of desmothenis or something like that uh, members measure the time of day according to a clock five minutes out of sync with normal time uh which normal time is referred to as barbarian time these guys are fucking nerds and i <laughs> And the members are said to worship Eulogia, a fictional goddess of eloquence. Fictional because they created her. She's not taken from any uh, thing. They made her up. Uh, They believe that Eulogia left the world at the death of Desmothenus and then returned at the founding of the Skull and Bones Society. Oh, my God. She's the goddess of eloquence. I don't know if I said that. Because they're saying, like, eloquence didn't exist until we were formed. Like, it returned to the earth once we were formed. I want to, I want I'm so bad at these guys. Jose, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think I'd be this mad. I didn't think, this is I the thought first that I would one think too. this was cooler. I thought that I'd be, like, ex- more excited about this. But the yeah. more you read, I'm more just like, fuck these guys. They did not allow women into the organization until 1991. Uh, Despite worshipping a woman? Yeah. Duh, Mason, come on. You can worship a woman, but that doesn't mean you want to hang out with them and let them be in your little boys' club. Um, They have been known to steal items from other societies and buildings on campus. Uh, It's like a a thing they do. It's like a game. Some even believe that they have the skulls of Martin Van Buren, Geronimo, and Pancho Villa. They fucking don't. They honestly might. They honestly really? might. They have a lot of influence and power. It is possible that someone Van has... Van Buren will give them. Geronimo and Pancho Villa? Well, so Pancho Villa's like, brain Villa, famously uh, went missing. And, so uh, did JFK's. Yeah, but that's because the Secret Service has it. Uh, but it's because I think he, his, head, his, his brain was removed uh, to be studied... But I'm trying to remember where oh, so it was taken to, to, to Chicago to research criminality because they were like, this fucking guy, dude, there has to have been something wrong with him. There's no way he was just fighting for workers' rights. Um, and, uh, and then it went missing. Uh, and some believe that, again, because it's like they have to one up each other in what they steal, like members within Skull and Bones. Oh so they've stolen a bunch of shit from just campus, but also from around the world to bring back to the tomb uh the society also owns deer island uh which it has set up for bonesmen to get together and rekindle old friendships 
Um, who knows what that entails? The Russell Trust Association is the business name of Skull and Bone Society, and this association holds the, city, the society's assets, including its endowment and property and overseas property upkeep. According to its 2016 filing with the IRS, the Russell Trust Admi- Association has assets worth up to $3,906,458. It's probably increased because that was five, no, how many years ago was that? God. 2016? God, how many years it ago was, was that? Seven years ago? Uh, Seven why years am I ago. So bad at math. Seven years ago. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I thought that was like last year. Oh my God. Members are given nicknames that are drawn from literature, and George H. W. Bush's was Magog. Which is He's it's just a, a something that comes up in in it's like a name of something to do with like biblical literature. Magog is? Uh, yeah. Mm. Gog and Magog and Yayush and Mayush are a pair of names that appear in the Bible and the Quran. Okay. And then like other guys were like Thor and Odin and Shakespeare and you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Ugh, God, I hate them. I hate them. Jose, I hate them. Fuck you, you rich nerds who are allowed to just buy into stupid shit yeah and uh, famously both uh uh john Kerry and george bush uh were members of the skull and bone society when they were running against one another for president in 2004 okay sure and they were asked about it and they were like ah we can't tell you anything about it okay you know <laughs> yeah sure yeah. I hate this country so much. Well, let's move on to the next one. Arguably one of the most famous uh, secret societies of all time and a name that when you bring it up, it, it brings up a, th- a bunch of different uh, images and ideas and beliefs. And if you're my one of my coworkers who's super into conspiracies, you believe that they are still ruling the world actively today, despite the fact that I told them all the information I'm about to present to you, and they still went, nah. <laughs> the Illuminati was founded by Professor Adam Weishaupt in Bavaria on May 1st, 1776. Weishaupt dis- disapproved of the power of the conservative Catholic Church and the Bavarian crown and sought instead to cast aside religion for a new form of illumination through reason. He was inspired by the spread of the Enlightenment across Europe, and he also drew upon ideas expressed by the Jesuits, as he was a former member. The Mysteries of the Seven Sages of Memphis and the Kabbalah and Freemasons. He recruited heavily from the latter group, infiltrating Masonic lodges in his quest to recruit some of the wealthiest and most influential men in Europe. Is Kid Rock one of the Seven Sages of Memphis? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he is. I look. I understand that I'm a ignorant tell, American. Tell, and tell them, tell them, Grandpa's angry. Remember when he did I, that? <laughs> yeah, and I don't give a shit that I'm gonna be an ignorant American about this. Memphis is in Tennessee. Hmm. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where these seven sages are. Where was the original Memphis? I'm. This is news. To, okay, I should be clear. Jose, first off, I didn't know the Illuminati was ever an actually a real thing, so this mm. is surprising to me. But more so, for some reason, is the fact that there was a Memphis before Tennessee? Well, Memphis was like, I think a 
a person? What? Or a... Th- it's really... Look, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes from Plato's writings. So they were like the wise men of... Uh, man, it's just a bunch of fucking... Let me, let me, let me find this out, because now I'm curious. Okay. Um, it's a place in Egypt. Oh. An ancient Egyptian city. One oh. of the world heritage sites and was founded in 32,000 BC, 3200 BC by King Narmer. It was the capital of Egypt in the era of the Old Kingdom. Wow. Seems disrespectful that I all I think of is country musicians now when I hear the name Memphis. Well, it's kind of crazy that, I, <laughs> that they named a city in Tennessee after an ancient Egyptian city. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. Wow. What a country. Yeah. What a country we are. Um, so members of the Bavarian Illuminati referred to as perfectibilists, perfectibilists. Worse than Illuminati. Yeah. Were broken into three tiers of increasing power and drawn from societal elites, including noblemen like former Freemason Baron von Nieg. Easy. <laughs> and writer... Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, or Gothi. Uh, all communication. If I have a kid, I'm gonna name him Wolfgang. Wolfgang's such a cool name, man. It's such a good name. You gotta name him like Wolfgang von Schrader. No, no von, just Wolfgang Schrader. It's it fun. sounds hipper. Mm. You hipper. Know? Yeah. All communication was in cipher, and members were given classical nicknames. Y Shops, for example, was Spartacus. The organization flourished before being stamped out by Carl Theodore of Bavaria, who issued an edict making membership in the Illuminati punishable by death in 1787. But the death of the Bavarian Illuminati did not quell gossip about the clandestine activities of the group, and conspiracy theorists have linked the group to everything from the French Revolution to the assassination of JFK. The Illuminati served as inspiration for Dan Brown's Angels and Demons, and Foucault's Pendulum by Umberto Eco. To join the Illuminati, you must, uh, you had to have full consent from other members, possess wealth, and have good reputation with a suitable family. There was also a hierarchical system to the Illuminati membership. After entering as a novice, you graduated to a Minerval, and then an Illuminated Minerval. Uh, This was named after Minerva, the, the, uh, Roman version of Athena, who was the goddess of wisdom. They also uh, use the, the, the owl as one of their symbols. Uh, Although this structure later became more complicated, with eventually 13 degrees of initiation required in order to become a member. We actually don't know much about their rituals, but the rituals we do know about... Sorry. No, you're okay. Found in seized secret papers, explain how novices could move to a higher level within the Illuminati's hierarchy. They had to compile a report on all the books they owned, write a list of their weaknesses, and reveal the names of any enemies they had. And this is the thing about the Illuminati Mason. Again, I was at one point in my life, I was terrified by the Illuminati, so I researched it, right, a ton. Yeah. I bought uh-huh. all these books, I read all about it, and I quickly yeah. discovered, oh, the real Illuminati was actually just a bunch of nerds. It was a I'll bunch of these noblemen, these, these yeah. elites of the time, who were like, we want... A world in which wisdom and 
science and enlightened thinking is what rules the world. In in a sense, they did believe in a new world order, but their new world order was, we're going to create this group of guys who have like-minded ideals, then these guys are going to get to positions of power and we'll have a world in which, like, arts and and like uh philosoph- philosophical thinking and enlightened thinking will be the, p- the the main like point of the world instead of organized religion that was their new world order but they were just a bunch of fucking nerds it's they were so just a bunch of me. i mean one of their things was how many books do you own you know what i mean like yes it's <laughs> so funny to me that all of these groups are just people that are like you know what'd be better if we got her to make every decision Yes. You know what I'm saying? What if we gotta decide everything? It's just you and me. It's just, this is just, secret societies are just things before podcasts existed. Really, man. Like, really. It's just assholes like you and I, Jose, just being like, you know, if I were in charge, what I would do is uh, make uh, healthcare free. Yeah. And everyone's like, fucking, oh my god, bro. Yeah. Fucking genius. But then the reason they've, 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 gained the notoriety they have is because the people at the time went how dare you with your liberal radical radical beliefs and we'll get into why why we believe the modern illuminati the modern myth of the illuminati but so the novice would then have to promise to sacrifice personal interests for the good of the society perhaps one of the most associated symbols with the illuminati is the eye of providence or the all-seeing eye we're doing it. I, I know people we who are listening can't see it, but we're doing it. We shouldn't have said anything and just left that in the video it. so that people oh, would have been true, like... Oh, that's true, yeah. But uh, there is no official link between the all-seeing eye and the Illuminati, which is very funny to me. There's not? No. So the proposed connection probably stems from the fact that the original group shared similarities with the Freemasons. Because, again, What's they up? infiltrated the Freemasons. Yeah. If you have any questions about the Freemasons, you ask me. And the Freemasons use the image as a symbol of God. That's the right. idea of and 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 so the also the Eye of Providence was actually a Freemason symbol. That's why it's in the dollar bill because a lot of the founding members were Freemasons. But for Correct. whatever reason, people started to associate it with the Illuminati, and to this day, we still associate it with them, even though they never used it. The owl is a more <laughs> suited symbol for the Illuminati because they actually did use the owl. Now, Jose, what does this have to do with Batman, supervillain, uh, the Court of Owls? Uh, I think the Court of Owls got huge inspiration from the Illuminati. Yeah, no, I guess, I yeah. mean, that was kind of a joke, because I just barely know the Court of Owls, but I assumed you knew them much better than I did. I did. And, yeah. and they did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, fair enough. Um, so, the idea of this world-dominating Illuminati has never really left people's minds, and it still inf- infiltrates popular culture today. And again, another reason, another thing that people have to understand is the reason that the Illuminati was stamped out was not because they were a serious threat. They never really gained, I think the most members they ever had was like 2,500. They were stamped out because they were against the crown. And so the crown was like, can't right, these they were guys just a dissenting political mm-hmm. voice. And yeah. generally when you live in a monarchy, that's not allowed. Yeah. So in 1963, this text called Princip- Principia discordia was published promoting an alternative belief system known as discordianism calling for anarchism and civil disobedience by perpetrating hoaxes its Hell adherents yeah. included writer robert anton wilson 
Some followers of Discordianism sent fake letters into magazines claiming that events such as the assassination of U.S. <laughs> President John F. Kennedy were all the work of the Illuminati. Oh, that's amazing. I'm, first off, I am just now, I'm right now dedicating myself to Discordianism, but that's Wh fucking amazing. And Wilson later published a book with Robert Shea called The Illuminatus Trilogy, which became a cult success and inspired a new genre of conspiracy fiction. It was a fictionalized <laughs> account of the original Bavarian Illuminati in which they were like, they're a new world order. Because again, he believed in like sowing seeds of discord. And uh, God, that guy's amazing. And, that, and, and, and you know, also Dan Brown's novel, uh, uh, Angels and Demons, was inspired by it. Uh, so the Illuminati, be because of Dan Brown, became associated with satanism and other ideals that were far removed from those associated with the original 18th century bavarian group and so pretty much the only reason that we believe the illuminati are controlling the world or whatever is because of this 60s movement that purposefully as a joke went we're going to tell people the illuminati's behind all this even maybe though again the illuminati lasted 20 years maybe less and then for whatever reason we've just been obsessed with it oh uh, god that's amazing I love it. And because of fucking Dan Brown, people believe that, you know, they're Satanists and they're trying to push Satanity. And Also, yeah. let me tell you this. People often bring up Jay-Z, right? They're like, Jay-Z's in the fucking Illuminati because one time he did this symbol. Yeah. That's a fucking diamond because of that's his record label. So him and the guys in his record label would always do this diamond symbol because uh -huh. of the diamond record label. And he's right. talked out he's talked about it a million times and been like, That's fucking stupid. I'm not in the Illuminati. That's right. dumb. And then people go, That's what someone in the Illuminati would say though. It's exactly what Right. So Well and also if you weren't you know, if you were in a new world order that was in charge of everything in the entire world, wouldn't you also just be like a rapper? Yeah. But, you know, but also, my favorite thing about about secret societies is that people always go like, they're secret, they're controlling the world, but at the same time, they're subtly giving us hints that they're controlling the world. Why would they yeah, do that? Yeah, that's dumb. Why would they do that, Mason? That's fucking stupid. That's if a I stupid a thing you would society, do. Yeah. Why would I tell you I'm in a secret society if my whole goal is to maintain secrecy? Killer Mike once said, Jose... If I got a Billy, who the fuck gonna bother me if I got a Billy? If I got a Billy and someone's recording me, I'm like, who cares? But why is this one man on TV to to talking scared? You know? Yeah. So. The point is <laughs> that, uh, yeah, yeah. Why would you care if you were, if you had that much power why would you leave it in for people to find? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Right. And I know that people are always like, well, they want to show off. Not when you're at that level of power, you don't want to show off. Because you've well, already got the power. Yes. Who cares? Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, the next one, Mason, is the Bohemian Club. The Bohemian Club was originally formed in April 1872 by and for journalists who wished to promote a fraternal connection among men who enjoyed the arts. So I will far, say this though. Not hating this. Yes, but they had a much different ideal idea of what bohemianism was. As we know, bohemianism was, you know, the sort of like artistical, uh, 
ideology of like people in urban settings who were predominantly not necessarily in poverty but more like not rich these guys though were like rich and they just kind ah. of adopted that and we're like well this is urban bohemianism and it's like well you know hey guys because i full-heartedly believe in bohemia i love bohemia the idea of like just yeah. a bunch of like people who aren't rich just being around each other and creating art that's a fucking incredible to me yeah um anyway so journalists were to be regular members artists and musicians were to be honorary members but the group quickly relaxed its rules for membership to permit some people to join who had little artistic talent but enjoyed the arts and had greater financial resources big mistake because eventually no i don't think that is a mistake that's fair as long as they're not fucking power-hungry little gremlins who... Yeah, see, that's the problem. Because that's what they were. the original Bohemian members, and I'm doing quotations here, were in the minority and the wealthy and powerful controlled the club. Almost immediately. It just... Yeah. All these artists and journalists were like, you know what, we'll let these guys in. They've got some money. They can maybe bring in some resources. We'll start opening up. And then... A couple years later, they were like, there was like five of them and like 60 of the other guys. And they went, oh, no. Hey, man, have you uh, have you read this yet? No, I don't read the newspaper. I own them. Oh, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> so club members who were established and successful, respectable family men defined for themselves their own form of bohemianism, which included men who were bon vivants sometimes outdoorsmen and appreciators of the arts again though it's kind of not horrible though you know (sighs) yeah i guess a number of past membership lists are in public domain but modern club membership lists are private they chose an owl as the club's totem and uh, i do love owls my my school's current mascot is an owl and i love owls see that's the thing is they're they're getting overdone though yes well, it, well, because it's associated society, with wisdom, so every secret society goes, we My secret society is a possum. Excuse me. Jesus opossum. Christ. A possum would mm. be it. I would See, do a fox. Lame. Everyone's like, oh, foxes are so I don't so want to live in a hole anymore. It makes foxes me feel are poor. So, foxes are so cunning. It's like, no, what I want is something that's like... Give me a cigarette. That's what I want. My yeah, it's like a little fairy or a little, like a little like a possum. Oh, a possum, yeah. Yeah, possum, yeah. It's funny, though. You and I are just fantastic Mr. Fox and Kylie, it seems. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I chose wanna, a fox and you chose a possum. I don't want to be Kylie, but well, I get bad. it. Well, that's fair. Why am I a fox, Kylie? What? What, what do you mean? How? How? What? What? It's my favorite movie. It's become like a... Oh, he just he's doing the Kylie thing where he... Tunes out and his eyes go all spiral. It's actually kind of insane that his eyes are able to do that. Now I'm actually really scared. Mason? Mason? Huh? What's up? You need to give me a sign when you do that. Is that... Was that your sign? There's a person behind me. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> hey, Shugs. Hey. <laughs> you just doing some laundry? Yes. Okay. Classic music. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> I dropped my microphone again. <laughs> Anyway, so... What'd you say? Okay. Come here. Tell her I say hi. Yep. Jose says hi. Hi. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> One second. Podcat wanted to say hi. I love Podcat. Look at him. 
Ah, adorable little bastard. I miss him. I gotta go visit him again. He misses you too. So they would they they chose the owl as the club's totem and they gathered regularly to socialize, drink, and put on and enjoy theatrical and musical performances. The club inhabited temporary locations until it established its permanent headquarters in the early 1930s on Taylor Street in downtown San Francisco. The club's bylaws required 10% of the membership be accomplished artists of all types. Composers, musicians, singers, actors, lighting artists, painters, authors, etc. So that is good. That's a small amount. But it is a small amount, 10%. Uh, During the first half of the 20th century, membership in the club was especially valued by painters and sculptors who exhibited their work on the premises in both permanent displays and special exhibitions and did not pay any commissions on sales to members. The club motto is Weaving Spiders Come Not Here, a line taken from Act 2, Scene 2 of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer Night's Dream. I always want to say A Midsummer's Night's Dream, but I know that's not right. Can I tell you about? Can I tell you something, Jose? Yeah, I'm I'm reading ahead a little bit, and I understand that that's not good, and I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh-huh. But I just want to, just for comedic purposes later, I want to point out that this is so far the coolest club that I've heard of, and the one that I would want to be a part of the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I actually thought the same thing. Yep. The club motto implies that outside concerns and business deals are to be left outside. When gathered in groups, Bohemians usually adhere to the injunction though discussions of business often occurs between pairs of members. The club is known especially for its annual summer retreat at what is known as Bohemian Grove in the Redwood Forests of California's Sonoma County, an event that continued into the 21st century, which is where the most famous image of the Bohemian Club comes, where they sit in front of the giant owl statue in their robes and they're having a big bonfire, right? Yeah. So, notable members of the years have included Clint Eastwood, Henry Kissinger, Walter Cronkite, uh, Richard Nixon, uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, Charles Schwab, Ambrose uh, Bierce, Bret Hart, Mark Twain, uh, and Jack London. Those are some terrible people. With a couple of maybe decent people sprinkled here and there? Maybe three. Maybe just Jack London. Yeah. I'm Mark Twain? Mark Twain was all right, I think. He was... Yeah. The annual trip trip to Sonoma began in the summer of 1878. In the 20th century, the the members' retreat garnered a reputation for involving highly secretive and cultish rituals, the most well-known of which was the Cremation of Care, instituted in 1881, an opening ceremony whose purpose was to make the club members carefree from the outset of the retreat. That performance took place in front of the large concrete owl, which was built in 1929, in the center of the camp at Bohemian Grove. The site for the club's retreat covers approximately 2,700 acres and has become increasingly inaccessible, which lends further mystery to the events of their participants. It is thought that the 16-day encampment, as it is called, involves, among other things, concerts, theater, informal lectures called lakeside talks, parties, and casual networking and government policy review, all taking place out of the public eye. There was reportedly skinny dipping, skeet shooting, the roasting of marshmallows, and heavy drinking. Yeah, I mean, I want to go. This is the only club that we talked about, that we're going to talk about, where I went, I kind of want to join that, though. Yeah. Kind of want to join that. That sounds cool. You know? Because, again, 
it's become this is again this is a whole thing with secret societies but this one has become maligned because of rumors and 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 and, and having so many famous republicans in it yeah but also like it's been like for instance it's like they go there and they bring in women from whatever and then they it, they're they're allowed to have their free for all with them and and they sacrifice they have human sacrifices and and again, Look, this is all as because long as not a lot of consensual, consensual. It's yeah, cool. but this is all because not a lot of people have been able to go in. There have been a couple of uh, um, re- journalists who have infiltrated it, and uh, most of them just report it's just a bunch of famous guys just doing boys stuff. Like gotcha. they're putting on their little robes, they're running around yeah. skinny dipping, they're just getting fucking hammered, and that's what it okay. seems to be. Is it's so just all these powerful dudes being like. I want a weekend to get fucking shit-faced and be fucking me outside okay. of public scrutiny. That's cool, because that's what I want. That's what I want in a secret society. And from what I've read of, like, former employees, they all go like, yeah, it's just a bunch of, like, all these old dudes just being fucking, just acting like they're in college for a weekend yeah. and getting yes. hammered. And I'm that's like, awesome. that doesn't sound awful to me, though. No, that's I don't know. cool. That's, that's what I want. Okay, I'm back in. Damn it. And then it. next week it'll be like, Bohemian Grove found to be the center of whatever. And we'll be like, ooh. Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> no. famous member of the Bohemian Club. Um, yeah. So this next one is the Cult of Mithras, a secret society that rose in first century AD throughout the Roman Empire, thanks largely to its popularity among Roman troops. It was inspired by an Indian-Persian divinity known as Mithra, or Mithras, who was believed to have been born from a rock. Betrayed as a savior-like god, Mithras was often shown slaughtering a sacrificial bull or sharing a banquet with the sun god Sol. Not much is known about the inner workings of this exclusive cult, though it's understood that the focus was glorifying war, overcoming evil, and achieving salvation. All applicants had to pass seven complex levels of initiation, including performing animal sacrifices before they were considered fully vested members or syndoxii, sealed by a handshake. The initiates were organized into seven grades. Korax, the raven. Nymphus, the bridegroom. Miles, <laughs> the soldier. Uh, Leo, the lion. Perses, the Persian. Helod- Heliodromus, the courier of and to the son, uh, Potter, father, and to each rank belonged a particular mask. So you would get like a raven mask, Persian mask, which I don't know what that entails, uh, a lion, seems or a dress for the bridegroom. The bridegroom is definitely seems to be the one that I was, because all of the other ones I'm like, yeah, those are secret and myst- mystical and cool. And then the one guy that's just got like a, a dress, dress and a lampshade on his head is funny to me. So up to 30 worshippers gathered in a cave-like space known as a mithrium. And over 45 of at least 680 have been discovered by archaeologists in Rome alone. They are fucking everywhere. There were these that's little caverns a, that they would that they would dig up and, and have their secret meetings in. I don't know what's crazier is that there were six hundred and eighty or that we've only discovered forty five. We haven't even discovered a hundred of them yet. Yeah. To share a meal they would so they would gather and they would share a meal of bread and wine and conduct secret ceremonies in front of an effigy of the god slaying a bull. In its heyday, the cult became a major challenge to another rapidly growing religion, Christianity. In Which fact, one won? 
<laughs> we'll get into that. So, in fact, early Christians persecuted them, and the society was suppressed by the end of the 14th century, and no written narrative or theology from this group survived. So out of all the ones on this list, this is the most mysterious, because thanks to the Christians, we don't know a lot about them. But at one point in time, Mason, they were the competing faction for what would become the most popular religion in the world. There are obvious reasons why it didn't win. They were their their worship was conducted in secrecy, in underground yep. places, yep. whereas Christianity was very much about like open spaces, open beliefs. The only thing at the time that was secret with Christianity was the uh, consumption of the Eucharist, because that was reserved for like baptized members. But they were still pretty open about their beliefs, whereas these guys were very secretive. But at one point, though, they were like the two main fringe sounds, groups in that Rome. That one sounds so much cooler. Like, so much fucking cooler. And they also did a similar thing to the Eucharist, because they also consumed bread and wine. Mm. Um, some Christians believe that they were doing this as a mockery to Christians, while others believe that they were just simply doing it, and then the Christians were doing it at, at the same time. So similarities here and there. Um, but I think it's just crazy though that they were like meet underground and they had a bunch of these fucking things around and we, you yeah, know, that's cool. That's don't cool even know too much about them. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Well, finally, we reach our final one, a bit of a silly one here, and that is the Independent Order of Odd Fellows. Hey, that's just that's just you and I, buddy. That's just me, you, and Nick, and yeah, a couple of the Every, other guys. Everybody who's been on the podcast, yeah. basically. That's what we got to start calling. All the all our guests, the Odd Fellows. Actually, that is a pretty good name for a podcast. Is the Independent Order of Odd Fellows? Well, we'd get sued, but yeah. Well, fair. We aren't entirely sure when the society known as the Independent Order of Odd Fellows first started, but the first written record of the order comes in 1812. However, and it references George the Fourth. Even before he was named Prince Regent of the United Kingdom, George the Fourth had been a member of the Freemasons. But I as the story that. goes. When he wanted a relative of his to be admitted to the society without having to endure the lengthy initiation process, the request was emphatically denied. George IV left the order, declaring he would establish a rival club. And according to history, to a history of independent order of Odd Fellows published by the Philadelphia Evening Telegraph in 1867, uh, he did it. However, the official website of the order traces the club's origins all the way back to 1066. Regardless of how it first started, it is fair to say that the king got his wish. The Independent Order of Odd Fellows is still around today, and the club counted British Prime Ministers Winston Churchill and Stanley Baldwin among its ranks. The Odd Fellows, as they call themselves, are grounded in the ideals of friendship, love, and truth. There are real skeletons in the Order's lodges because they are used during initiation, and they are there to remind members of their mortality. Uh, and there was hey, a really funny story that I read. So far, so, are better than the Bohemian Grove. Yeah, they're um, they're just kind of like we want to be good people. We'll get into it. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, so there was this really interesting story that I read about all these old lodges in America that had closed up and were being sold or whatever. And then when people would go in to do renovations, they would find human bones, and cool. they would be like, "What the fuck?" And it was like, "Yeah, they used real human bones in their." Cool. Just to be like, remember, that'll be you someday. God, I love these guys. Yeah. I really hope nothing goes bad, Jose, because I fucking love these guys so much. So the American version is actually completely sovereign and independent of the British Odd Fellows, as they broke apart in 1843. And the independent order of the Odd Fellows today is used to refer to the American version, 
whereas the British okay. version, and it seems like now they kind of have like cohesion again. They're kind of like buddies again. I think the okay. British one is just referred to as Odd Fellows or uh, the Order of, Order of Odd Fellows or something like that. Okay. Um, it seems like it boiled down to disputes in leadership and, of course, the classic American ideal of segregation. Uh-oh. Because uh, Americans were like, we don't want to allow black people in. And British, Aww. the British Order of Odd Fellows was like, well, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so like other fraternities, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows began by limiting their membership to white men only. And then on September 20th, 1857, the IOOF became the first fraternity in the United States to include white women when it adopted the beautiful Rebecca Degree by initiative okay. of Schuler Colfax, Look, who would be I, this is, VP of the U.S. later on. I don't mean to be... Uh, I don't mean to make excuses for terrible white men doing things, but I am at least happy that... Their first woman was 1851 when Skull and Bones was 1991. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. nice, at least. You know. Yeah. So, um, beyond fraternal and recreational activities, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows promotes the ethic of recip. I always struggle with this word. Recip. I have to find the word. Prosty? Riso. How do you say Oh, sell? um. Reciprocity, right? Reciprocity. Reciprocating and charity by implied inspiration of Judeo-Christian ethics. The largest sovereign grand lodge of all fraternal orders of odd fellows since the 19th century is the uh, American one, and it enrolls 600,000 members divided in approximately 10,000 lodges into 26 countries. At one point... uh, the group boasted more members than the Freemasons, although I don't doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Um, in 1971, the group removed its whites only clause. A um, little late, but okay. I mean, the Mormons did it around this time too. Yeah, but I don't. If you're it's earlier basing, than the Mormons. If you're basing what you're doing off of the Mormons, I don't consider you progressive. No. Um, when was the 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 uh, the civil rights? Uh, Act passed. Is that sixty eight? Sixty four? I was gonna say sixty four or sixty five. Sixty four. Yeah, they kinda waited a couple of years. <laughs> they could have done it a little closer, because that's what? That's seven years? Hmm. Yeah. Well, as an organization though, and this is what I like about them, the independent order of odd fellows today aims to provide a framework that promotes personal and social development. Lodge degrees and activities aim to improve and elevate every person to a higher, nobler plane, to extend sympathy and to aid those in need, making their burdens lighter, relieving the darkness of despair, to war against vice in every form, and to be a great Mm. moral power and influence for the good of humanity. I like vice. Yeah, that was the one thing that I'm like, I kind of like vice, but some famous members included Charlie Chaplin, Wyatt Earp, Ulysses S. Grant, William Grant McKinley, was and a Franklin D. Notorious Roosevelt. drunk. Yeah. So they couldn't care about vice that much. Well, I think it's nowadays that they're like. Um, but I'll tell you well, that sucks. I'll I was going to say, Jose, you and I should try to join this. Well, it kind of seems like we we probably could. So out of all the ones on this list, though, they had the friendliest looking website. Sure. Like, I went to their website and went, oh, this doesn't seem like a strange cult. It just kind of seems like a bunch of people it seems wanting to, to do 
charity work and they do also they donate a lot of money towards like scholarships and stuff like that i'm gonna try to see if i could get one of their scholarships that would be sick it does um, seem tongue-in-cheek like they're like making fun of the rest of the things that we cover yeah. on this list where they're like we're one of these but like not really yeah so and they got bones which is cool that is cool and that's the first one we're gonna come back because we have a bunch of other ones to cover so we'll come back at some point to cover secret societies like the molly mcguires the bildenberg group the righteous and harmonious fists the black hand and the order templi orientis if toby um, mcguire isn't a molly mcguire i'm gonna be mad well molly's game michael Sears' character is supposed to be toby mcguire molly what yeah i don't know what you're talking about the movie molly's game never seen it yeah me neither but i just know that fact <laughs> oh okay good well anyway that's that's the episode what did you think mason what are your final thoughts have you been drinking red wine this whole time yes i have wow, been drinking very red cute. wine this whole time i'm a grown-up now jose yeah i thought it was because now you uh, were forced to not drink beer i know your secret shut up <laughs> i'm a grown-up now I drink red wine. No, you. That doesn't make you a grown up. Real grown ups drink some IPAs. <sighs> yeah, whatever. I've, been, I've been drinking a lot more IPAs. I'll see right you. Oh, yeah, we'll talk. What is it? In two years, when you're 25, when you're about to turn 26, and we'll see what you're drinking. We'll in see. Two years. We'll, I just turned 24. Yeah, so in two years I'll be turning 26. You said turning 25. Oh, I'm turning 26 this year. I meant when you're my age. Oh God, Mason, shut the fuck up. Uh, look, you'll un- you'll understand it when you're my age, but eventually you're gonna be like, I'm tired of how beer makes me bloated and gross. Uh, and then you're gonna drink an entire bottle of red wine uh, while you do a podcast. I was drinking uh, like water, a civilized Mason. adult. I was drinking water like a real adult. If I was in college, <laughs> I'd be shit faced all the time. Right now, you don't understand the the life you're even living. Well, I'm not really a college student anymore, though, because I'm also 24, so I can't do any of that shit anymore. Are you in college? Yeah, but I can't live like that. I don't don't even want to hear it. You know, I can't. I try. I mean, I... You can. I know, but then they all go, oh, you're 24? And I'm like, oh, it's all right. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. You can be like, yeah, I fucking am 24. Suck my nuts. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, what are... Any thoughts? I like it. It is exciting. I don't, I don't, none of these, as a member of one of the satanic churches, um, uh, it is fun being in a secret club. The good one, the one that's normal. Okay. I don't remember, look, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember which one, because there's, there's two of them, right? Right. But one of them, uh, the one that, like, fights uh, Christianity in the government and that like claims reproductive uh, rights as your uh, as our religious uh, beliefs yeah I think it's I believe it's the satanic temple but anyway well, that's it's the really thing, cool you know that's kind of why I wanted to do the episode because again there's such misunderstandings around the secret societies which I get yeah. the mystery, but at the same time, I don't think people should go on living their lives being so afraid of these. When Again, when you do any research, you go, oh, it's just a bunch of fucking entitled men just wanting to do silly boy stuff. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, again, I wouldn't... It just bothers me when people societies. go like, the Illuminati are controlling the world. Like, don't get me wrong, there's definitely a group of elites who run most of the world, but yeah. it's not like 
they're not trying to push a new world order. They're just trying to fill their pockets, unfortunately. Yeah. None of them care enough to push a global agenda. They're just all trying to be more powerful. Right. And the Illuminati fucking died in the 1700s. Shut up. Right. And then people are just going to say that we're in the Illuminati, though, and that's why we're trying to cover for them. And we're not. Are we winking? I'm winking. Yeah. <laughs> Mason's I mean, trying to do it. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I wish I was that powerful. I I I want to join a secret society so bad now. Yeah, me too. Just because I like doing, you know, I love wearing a robe. Something that all my friends know about me is I love wearing a robe. Yeah. So I'm a member of the this the Satanic Temple. Oh yes, yes. Okay. And uh, it's great. It's awesome. I'm a member of the Boy Scouts of America. I'm cool. an eagle. Yeah. Um, which, funnily enough, the Boy Scouts were the second recognized group in the U.S. Um, after, um, uh, I want to say, it was either Skull and Bones, I think, was the first one. And then it was or the know. Bohemian Club or one of the, I don't know, one of the ones on our list. But that's it. That's the episode today. A bit of a shorter one, but um, yeah, good. we will uh, we will see you guys next week for our Warren case file. Ooh, yeah, exciting! Yeah. And um, yeah, sorry about the delay in episodes. Uh, I was I was helping on a thesis film and I was super busy doing fucking twelve hour days, unfortunately. But it was a blast, and definitely when when they have that up, I will share it for everyone to see. Uh, I got to work with a lot of really talented filmmakers, and it was a, it was a really good time. It was Jose the first like actual is. set I worked on, and it was pretty cool. Jose himself is a very talented. Uh, yes, it. it uh, well, thank uh, you. Film director, so yeah. I appreciate it. Yes, but um, yeah, we will see you guys soon, and uh, stay safe, stay spooky. And um, look for our letter if you want to join the Captain's Log Secret Society. But we're going to call it the Captain's Log Cult. Look for our sign. Yeah. Well, it would be more like a... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a C and it's an L. Wait, how did you do that? You, you, you get, there you go. Okay. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.